Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you have a technical question, I do encourage you to email andrew at greatdetectives.net. And if you want to be sure and never miss an episode, I encourage you to follow our podcast wherever you download your podcast from. And I also want to encourage you to check out our other podcast. In particular, I'm highlighting our public domain video theater podcast over at videotheater.greatdetectives.net. Twice a month, we post a public domain video with my commentary after the episode. It's the video Companion to this podcast, check it out over at videotheater.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for our first Johnny Dollar installment this week. The original air dates, December 26th and December 27th of 1955, and it's The Forbes Matter Parts 1 and 2. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Pauline Morris at Victor Turner's office, Continental Adjustment Bureau. Oh, hi, Pauline. How are you? Just fine, thank you. Uh, Johnny, Mr. Turner asked me to get in touch with you and find out what you're working on at the moment. Why, nothing. I was thinking of going to New York for a couple of days. Well, good. Would you be interested in handling a case for us while you're there? Oh, Pauline, I'm going to New York on a vacation. Well, this shouldn't take too much time. And, Johnny, it's really one of our most important accounts. Well, how much commission can I figure on? (laughs) Do you want the truth? Sure. Practically none. Oh, fine. Why does Turner foist these things on me? Oh, I guess it's my fault. I told him I thought you might do it as a favor to us. For Mr. Turner or Continental Adjustment Bureau? No. For you? Okay, what is it? Well, Wait, um... better still, why don't you tell me about it over dinner? Say, at the Crystal Room? Oh, I'd love that. I've been wanting to go there for months. Hey, you know something? I've been waiting for an excuse to take you there for years. Eight o'clock, Pauline? Eight o'clock. <laughs> Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Continental Adjustment Bureau, 418 Elizabeth Avenue, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Forbes matter. It started quite pleasantly. Oh, no, Johnny, let's go back to the table and eat. I'm tired of dancing. Yeah, but once you sit down, you'll start talking business again. Well, of course I will. I do have a job to keep. Okay, okay. Frustrating girl. (laughs) Besides, the sooner you clear up this case, the longer you'll have for a vacation in New York. I said okay. There you are, sit down. Thank you. All right, Miss Morris, let's have the bad news. Well, the insurance company is Delaware Eastern Liability, New York office. Yes, ma'am. Their client who filed the complaint is a large dress manufacturing company, uh, Century Styles Incorporated. Yes, ma'am. Oh, and if you can manage to pick up one of their latest creations in my size while you're there, I love you forever. Yes, ma'am. Now, let's dance. No, no, wait. 
The auditors found a deficit in their books, $4,285. Well, naturally, the head of the company wants a settlement. Yes, ma'am. Now, let's... And, Johnny, your biggest problem will be Mr. Elliot. Mr. Robert Elliot, who I understand is something of a personality problem. He can't be any more of a problem than I'm having with you. Now, let's dance. Expense account item two, $28.63. Train fare and incidentals getting from Hartford to Manhattan. With me, I took all the necessary information concerning the indemnity claim of Century Styles with Delaware Eastern Liability and Trust. I arrived at Grand Central at 2.05 and was checked in at the New Western by 2.30. Air brisk, sky clear, weather cold. Expense account item three, 10 cents, phone call. To Robert P. Elliott, Century Styles Incorporated. Mr. Elliott said he would be happy to see me, so I went right over and found a four-story building that housed two floors of factory and two floors of offices. The factory was the usual crowded, noisy collection of machinery and people. The general offices, overstuffed and overheated and overcrowded. Girls, girls, you must get ready. Come on, girls. What the Sam Hill? Jenny, you'll just have to reduce. How can we fit you when the pins keep popping out? Uh, pardon me. Uh, I'm looking for Mr. Elliott. You are? True. Well, I'm Robert Elliott. Oh, you must be Mr. Dollar. That's right. Stand by, Jenny Sweet. Please, these pins. We all suffer for our art child. Now, bear up. I'll deliver you soon. This way, Mr. Dollar, to a quiet corner. Mr. Elliott was small and wiry, wearing white warachis, green slacks, a corduroy jacket, and a flower print shirt of no identifiable color. As I followed him across the large and elegant showroom floors, I couldn't help stealing glances at the merchandise, animate and inanimate. Everything I saw was strictly high class, a group of goddesses. Mr. Elliot led me through a pair of swinging doors into an office with a carpet so thick I couldn't see my shoe tops. A desk in Russian gray sprawled in one corner. My office, Mr. Dollar. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how grateful I am that you're here, that the insurance company heeded my call. Well, I hope we can help you straighten this matter out. Well, it's scandalous. It's truly scandalous. $5,000. Really? Uh, the complaint said 4285 Mr. Elliott. Well, that's almost 5000 Besides, I like to deal in round figures. Brett Narnby to my auditors, and they said that you are the very important investigator in insurance circles. Well, I'm flattered. Did they happen to leave a copy of their findings? Yes, they did. They most certainly did. But before I give it to you, I must explain how awful this situation is. Now, please do. Well, you've no doubt heard of Patricia's things. No, I, no, I don't think... Patsy's things? Why, of course... Oh, you're just joking. I am Patsy's things. In fact, I made Patsy's things. It's our highest price line, you know, evening dresses. Oh, you don't say. I definitely do. Oh, the nights of thankless work that go into creating just one gown. One supreme gown for the season. Oh, I'm sure. I'll tell you, Mr. Dollar, it's... Well, it's a thankless task in one respect. It, but that's a different story. What I'm trying to say is that this loss is devastating me. I mean it. I must. I simply must have an adjustment immediately. Well, the insurance company sympathizes with you, Mr. Elliott. We'll try to adjudicate it as quickly as possible. Oh, that's comforting. That's very comforting. Oop. Rob Elliott here. In my opinion, hats are just not important this year. Yes? No, 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 no. Positively no. No advance layouts on the new line. Not until later. No, not tomorrow. No, I can't. I simply cannot. Oh. Anything wrong? Well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to explain. This matter simply must be handled with all dispatch, Mr. Dollar. You see, my firm operates on a... On a... Shoestring? Well, <laughs> spider's hair would be more apt. $5,000. 
Mr. Dollar, that comparatively small loss is stopping me from showing my new line of patches. The evening dresses. Yes, yes. I must show them before month's end or I lose my entire opportunity for profit. So, you see, I must have compensation for the loss. I think I get the picture, Mr. Elliot. Now, there. That, 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 that was the newspaper calling, and it's terrible. They all want advanced viewings of my new line, and I simply can't afford to. I, I can't afford to pay my help to produce the models. Mr. Dollar, for three agonizing months I worked. Frantically, I drew, I cut, I stitched. And not one warp over for my creation will be exhibited, can be exhibited, unless this matter is settled. Then suppose we get down to business. Well, the business is that some ruthless brigand pussyfooted off of my company's money. Well, do you have any idea? I don't. I don't have... No, no, no. Not so much as a footprint or a strand of hair. And, Mr. Dollar, if you don't find out who it was and return my money, I'll be cremated. Professionally cremated, that is. Why, I might even have to join the Foreign Legion. Well, don't worry, Mr. Elliot. If your loss is verified, and apparently a reputable auditing firm has already done that, I can assure you that the insurance company will reimburse that loss in the time it takes to get a check made out and in the mail. Oh, good. I'll be forever grateful. Well, while you're in this mood, would you mind me having a little closer rundown on what happened? Well, the auditors simply uncovered a shortage, that's all. I know that much, Mr. Elliot. May I see their report? Yes, of course. There. Isn't that binder an atrocious green? <laughs> well, if you say so. I'd like to keep this, Mr. Elliot, to verify my report. Of course, Mr. Dollar. Anything, anything at all. Just save me. I left Mr. Elliot in a fainting condition, went back to my hotel and studied the auditor's report. The obvious conclusion after an hour's reading was that the funds had been embezzled by someone in the bookkeeping department. A series of crude erasures and bad fumblings indicated that whoever had done it had been something less than expert. In fact, he or she had been almost idiotic. The next morning, I confirmed my own findings with Mr. Brett at the auditor's office. We uncovered the loss two days ago and advised Mr. Elliot to contact his insurance company first. Sure. Dollar, any reservations on your part? No, no, Elliot's got a legitimate loss here. I'm sending in my report today. He should be compensated in another two days. And he'll be relieved to know about that. <laughs> I know, I met him. Well, what's your next step? Well, we'll pay off Elliot so he won't have heart failure. But of course, we'll try to make recovery. I noticed the losses were in book series F6 through G10. Yes. Did you talk to personnel over there at his place? Mm-hmm. A fellow by the name of Forbes handled that series for them. Uh -huh. In the accounting office, of course. Oh, yes. Been with Sensory Styles for five years. Where is he now? He's still there. Huh? Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny, too. A fellow pulling a crude job like this and not trying to run out. No, he's still working for them. Mm -hmm. well, maybe he isn't the one at that. Forbes was in charge of those books. I don't see how it could possibly be anyone else. No, neither do I, Mr. Brett. May I use your phone? Oh, sure. Help yourself. I noticed all the money was stolen in the last four weeks. Yes. You'd think you'd at least have strung it out. Greedy, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Hello. District Attorney's office, please. My name's Dollar. I want to talk to someone about a warrant. Embezzling funds, grand theft. Oh, hold it, please. Forbes. What's his full name? Uh, Sheldon Thomas Forbes. Thanks. Sheldon Thomas Forbes, bookkeeper at Century Styles Incorporated. Hmm? Good, I'm on my way. Expense account item four, $3. Cab fare to the offices of John L. Gregory, Deputy District Attorney. I explained the situation to Mr. Gregory and furnished him with the auditor's report. An hour later, I was back at Century Styles with our friend, Mr. Elliott. Well, if it has to be, it has to be. There he is. Forbes? Hmm. Third desk. Sheldon Thomas Forbes was a tall, dark-complexioned man in his early 30s. His hair was black, straight, and closely cropped. 
His speech is regular, not good, not bad. The kind of man you see every day on the street. Somehow, the kind of man I hadn't expected would swipe $5,000. Oh, Mr. Forbes? Yes? This gentleman would like to see you. I feel like Brutus. Oh, why don't you run along, Mr. Elliott? I'll handle it from here. Oh, thank you. Hello? Sheldon Forbes? Yes. My name's Dollar, Continental Adjustment Bureau. We represent Delaware Mutual Liability. They cover this firm for losses by theft and fire. Uh-huh. Two days ago, the auditing firm of Brad and Iron Beach located a loss of almost $5,000 here. Naturally, the matter came to our attention. I'd like to talk to you about it. Why me? There's every indication that the losses occurred in the particular accounts you've been handling. Uh-huh. You do handle books F6 through G10? Yes. Will you step over here a minute, please? Sure. Would you look at this, please? Your figures? Yes. Your handwriting? Uh-huh. Your entries and your initials? Yes. Well, what do you have to say? Nothing. Look, you know why I'm talking to you, why I came to you first. Yes. Still nothing to say? Nothing. Well, aren't you being a little silly? Why? I stole the money. You've proved it. What am I supposed to say? You admit it. How can I deny it? Okay, we've got that much covered. Well, look, my company's interested in recovery of $4,285. Do you understand? I think so. Oh, now, Forbes, come to your senses. What do you want to do? Go to jail, or do you want to give the money back? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, no, I don't think it's funny. I doubt if you will. I've got 16 cents in my pocket. Will that help? Where's me? the money? I haven't got it, Mr. Dollar. You'll have to take me to jail. Shall we go? Okay. Johnny Dollar. Rob Elliott here, Mr. Dollar. Uh, Century style? I know, Mr. Elliott. How are you today? Terrible, Mr. Dollar. I feel terrible. I'm calling from the district attorney's office. You there about Sheldon Forbes? Yes. I had no idea I'd have to act. They want me to sign a complaint. Well, that's pretty usual, Mr. Elliott. Forbes admitted taking the money from your firm. He's guilty as charged. You're the injured party. They want to get on with the prosecution. Oh, dear. So you do whatever they say, Mr. Elliott. Well, will it affect my payment at all? A payment of the claim? No, not a bit. Your check's on the way to you right now. Oh, that's a relief. Now, how about you? Are you going back to Hartford? Uh, Should I thank you now? You can thank me, but I'm not going back. What? My job's just beginning. I have to recover the money for the insurance company. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Continental Adjustment Bureau, 418 Elizabeth Avenue, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Forbes matter theft of nearly $5,000. Expenses continued. Item four, I think it is. Ten dollars. Deposited on a rented car. First stop, Central Division Headquarters, where I was informed that Sheldon Thomas Forbes had been formally arraigned and was being held in the city jail. Second stop, an address on 56th Street. Second floor, next to a dental laboratory. And on the door, it said Edward Gumby, attorney at law. 
And below it said, walk in. So I did. Uh, hello out there. Mr. Gumby? Yes, sir. Come on in. It's warmer in here. Edward Gumby was standing in front of a gas heater in the inner office, which consisted of nothing more than a telephone, a desk, and a dozen law books. He was a medium-sized man, about 40 or so, a little tired, a little seedy, but he had a nice grin. Dollar? Dollar? Yeah, that's right, Mr. Gumby. You don't know me. I'm with Continental Adjustment Bureau, representing Delaware Eastern Liability in this Forbes matter. Oh, yes, 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 of course. understand you're representing Sheldon Forbes, is that right? I don't know whether it is or not, Mr. Dollar. I happened to be in magistrate's court this morning when Forbes was arraigned. I took him on because he didn't have counsel and the court appointed me. I don't know whether he took me on or not. Sit down, sit down. Oh, thanks. New York is the coldest city in the world. Absolutely the coldest when it's cold. Yeah, it sure is. Look, I don't want to take up a lot of your time, Mr. Gumby. Time? <laughs> I've got time, boy. That's all I've got. What's on your mind? Your client, mostly. He's admitted guilt. But, of course, we're interested in recovering the money he stole. $4,285. Yeah. Well, I can't blame your company for that. Well, prosecution could probably be stopped if we made recovery. Mm. Sure, sure. I thought I'd tell you this in, in case you had any influence on Forbes. Well, I appreciate that, Mr. Dollar. It's very understandable. But as I say, I was court appointed. I really haven't talked to him yet. So I'll have to confess I don't have any influence with him at all yet. Struck me as a nice sort of chap. Mm -hmm. Don't quite get it myself. Probably an explanation for it. Married once, I understand, and... Widowed right after the war. He worked for Century Styles about five years. Have you talked to the police yet? No. I understand they're going to work on it today. Maybe they'll have a little more information for you about the recovery. <laughs> Probably find the money in an old sock or something like that. That's the way these things generally run, you know. I agreed with Mr. Gumby. That was truly the way these kind of cases usually ran. And I was a little surprised that afternoon when I spoke to the officers at the city jail. They reported that a complete search of Forbes' apartment and automobile unearthed nothing like the missing money. They further reported that they had found no reliable evidence of any material possessions that the money could have been spent for. My next stop, city jail. He won't tell you anything. Hmm? Kept his trap shut all the time he's been in here. As far as we've been able to find out, no previous record, no background. We're checking his prints with Washington. I don't know about this one. You know, ex-cop-wise. Know what I mean? Won't give a police officer the time of day. That means he could have been in before. Now, on the other hand, it could mean he's just scared. That too. Well... How what? Take it easy, Forbes. This is Mr. Dollar. He wants to talk to you. Hello, Forbes. Hi. See you later, Dollar. Yeah, thanks, Sergeant. Just give a yell when you're finished. Right. They treating you okay? Swell. What do you want? I want to talk to you. Well, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anybody. Why not? I just don't want to see anybody. That's all. Now, you're acting like a baby, Forbes. You'll have to talk to somebody. Don't lecture me, Mr. Insurance Investigator. I've had all the lectures I want for myself. I don't know why you're here. I, I thought we settled our business yesterday. The whole thing's just a technicality. 
I've been arraigned. They've got my confession. I'll go into court, and they'll give me the business. What are you doing in here, anyway? Swell day to be outside. Yeah, it is. Want to smoke? Oh, thanks. Well, why are you here? To help you out of this mess, if you'll let me. That's <laughs> funny. Not a bit. Why should you want to help me? Well, it's not because I have any use for you, mister. You're nothing to me but a guy who stole a pile of money. My job is to get it back. $4,285. Oh, that. Yes, that. How about it, Forbes? Isn't it enough that I'm in jail? That, that I'll go to prison? That's enough for the police, but not for my insurance company. Oh, it's too bad about your insurance company. No, it's too bad about you. You're being foolish. A hold or partial recovery can have a great deal to do with what happens to you from now on. Three years is the minimum sentence, you know. Twelve years maximum. Now, is it worth it? Sure. Sure, it's worth it. And I don't want to be foolish anymore. But I have been foolish. I took it and I spent it. Every dime of it. There's no way to pay it back. What did you spend it on? It uh, doesn't make any difference. They make a lot of difference. You can redeem it, turn it back. No, I can't. Why did you take the money? All right, look, your salary's close to 100 a week. You're single. Wasn't that enough to live on? Why don't you get out of here? I don't have anything to tell you. Ever been in trouble before? Huh? Under another name in another state? No, They no. consider backgrounds like that when a man comes up to be sentenced. Forbes, this is your first offense. I know, I know. Are you trying to shield someone? Why don't you go away? Have you been trying the market? Did you gamble it? No, no. Get... Just leave me alone. I won't tell you a thing, If Dollar. you bought something with it or gave it to someone, if it can be recovered in some part... No, no, I tell you. Just go away and leave me alone. I'd like to. Believe me, I would. You're a thief, Forbes, and you're going to get what's coming to you, but I can't leave you alone. Listen. No, you listen to me. If I don't get the information I want from you, I'll get it elsewhere. I'm going to be very honest with you. Eastern Delaware wrote a comprehensive policy on century styles promising to indemnify them in full for every loss caused by fire or theft on their premises. In case you didn't know, Forbes, an insurance company won't take the word of some guy sitting in a jail cell, sitting in a jail cell feeling sorry for himself where there's cash to be recovered. Now, you swiped it within the last month. You have something to show for it somewhere, somehow. Whatever you spend it on or whoever you spend it on, remember that that money is the same as stolen property, a car or a diamond ring or something. Now, if you give it to someone or spend it, when it wasn't yours, it's still redeemable, and we mean to redeem it. All right, now, what do you have to say? This won't do you any good. Don't, don't try to bulldoze me. I'm no punk caught crawling into a drugstore window late at night. I'm a college graduate. I've been in the business world ten years or better. I know what I want to tell you and what I want to keep to myself, and I don't want to talk to you about this. You or anybody else. I can't make it any clearer than that, do you understand? And there's no way or no person who can make me talk about it. I took the lousy money, I've admitted that. I did a bad job of it. You caught me. I confessed, and you've got me. Now, what more is there? That's the whole story. Okay. Have it your way, Forbes. Go away. Just go away. On my way out, I saw his attorney, Edward Gumby, on his way in to see Forbes. 
I waited around the sergeant's desk. Accidentally, on purpose, I glanced at the admitted visitor's register. Only two people had contacted Forbes since his arrest, Gumby and myself. That struck me as odd. A glance at his folder named no close relatives, named no one, in fact. I was thinking about that when Gumby came out from his visit. Gumby looked worn out. Uh, hiya. Hi. How'd you do? Not so good. Hey, tell me something. He asked you to contact a girl or anyone? Nope. I don't think he has a girl. I don't think he has anybody. You want some coffee? Yeah, good idea. We slushed across the street and found a diner. Expense account item 542 cents. Coffee and sinkers for Ed Gumby and myself. I think you're going to strike out, darling. I already have. And I think I have to. Huh? You know what I've been talking to him about in there all this time? The same thing as you. Restitution. But he won't open his mouth about it. He did say one thing, though. He wants me to waive a jury trial and go up for sentencing. What? Yeah. Plead guilty and take it. He's sure to get at least three years. What can I do? Yeah. Got any ideas? Oh, I've got a lot of ideas, Dollar, and all of them make me sick inside. That boy's not a criminal. He took that money because he was desperate about something. You know that from the awkward way he took it. He spent it on something, and he won't talk about it. But now he's about to ruin his whole life, in spite of what you or I or anybody else tries to do for him. All he has to do is give back the money or promise restitution or call up a friend and borrow it. With his clean background, the court had listened to a mercy plea. You told him all this? I told him. I told him and you told him. And what does he do? He waves his right. I tell you, I'm going to hate to file this waiver, but I've got to do it. Yeah, I know how you feel. More coffee? No. No, thanks. Dollar, you know what Forbes is? What? He's something I call a, a calendar job. Calendar job? Yeah. 33 years old. Now, now think about that. Born with one war just ended. Raised in a depression and then bangled. Another war. You might say the first 25 years of his life, nothing but war and depression. Or the effects thereof. A calendar job. Well, apparently it's what he wants. But, Mr. Dollar, I'm going to hate to see him go to prison. You know something, Mr. Gumby? So am I. There'll be another intriguing episode in our story of the Forbes matter tomorrow. Tomorrow, a sudden twist in the case that throws all the usual theories right out the window. The unexpected. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. Well, this is an interesting story. In many ways, part one captures most of what the traditional Johnny Dollar story or most mystery stories are about. Who done it? Yet we're reminded that this is an insurance investigation of an embezzlement case. So, who done it is not really the end of the matter. There's the question of where's the money and an effort. Uh, for recovery needs to be made. And to achieve that, Johnny has to figure out the mystery of this guy's lack of cooperation and somehow trace where the money went. The attorney's point about him being a calendar case is interesting. We might view it as pointing to issues of mental health, although I think we would probably be reading too much in if we read that in a 21st century way. I think the script is more saying we had a really rough decade and a half or two, and maybe not everyone is okay. One thing I was surprised the lawyer didn't mention, and wasn't mentioned after Johnny first said it, is that Forbes was married and widowed right after the war. So he married 19 or 20 years old and expected to spend his entire life with his wife and lost her very early. So that's in addition to all of the national turmoil his generation had been through. How this all plays out, we'll have to find out as Johnny continues his investigation. Now, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Jameson, Patreon supporter since June of 2015, currently supporting us at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for the support, Jameson. And that will do it for today. A reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast, you can follow us with your favorite podcast software to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying this podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back on Friday with the conclusion of the Forbes matter. But join us back here tomorrow for Dangerous Assignment, where... Five years ago, my husband was reported missing in action. I was convinced that he'd been killed. I still am. Go on. In the last letter I received from him, he mentioned something about having a valuable sword in his possession. The the Kroner something or other. Kroner Cutlass. Yes. He said that it had been entrusted to him so that it wouldn't be captured by the enemy. That was the only thing he said about it. And I never heard from my husband again. Then how do you account for having one of the jewels from that sword in your possession? This morning a man came to my door. He handed me a small box and said it was for my husband. Before I could recover from the shock, he'd gone. In that box was a jewel. I see. I didn't know what to do. Finally, I decided to go to the police. But on the way here, I was arrested. I guess they didn't believe I was coming here to give it to them. Later, they told me that that jewel had come from the handle of the sword. Yeah. You believe me, don't you? I'd like to. Look, you say a man came to your door and handed you that jewel this morning. Had you ever seen him before? No, never. Can you describe him? Well, he was short and dark. That's about all I remember. (laughs) That's not much to go on. Can't you remember anything else about him? I'm afraid not. 
Wait. His clothing. What about it? He was wearing a pea coat and dungarees. Hmm. Could have been a sailor. Well, that's still not very much to go on, but I'll guess I'll have to do with it. Thanks for the information, Mrs. Rogers. I'll see what I can find out. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.